Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Jesus is looking for people. Just because nothing good has come from your situation doesn't mean that it won't. Last week, we spent some time in Bethlehem. This week, we're going to spend some time in Nazareth. Nazareth is a really important place to the Christmas story because while it's not where Jesus was born, it is where he spent the largest portion of his life. And place matters. God came to deliver human beings in a particular place. Christianity happens in particular real-world places. It's not just like somewhere. This isn't once upon a time stuff. Now, if I were God, I wouldn't pick a place like Nazareth. I'd pick something that was way more public, something like the release of a Star Wars movie, or I'd do it during the Super Bowl halftime, or I'd wait till the New Year's Eve ball was going to drop, especially for Christians. I mean, I'd probably do some kind of unveiling at Chick-fil-A. But instead, Jesus was born in this smelly, dingy barn. He was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. Nazareth was insignificant. See, Nazareth was in the middle of nowhere. Even if you lived in Jerusalem and you saw this place called Nazareth, which is where this takes place, you'd think, man, I don't ever want to go to Nazareth, which is why Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of there? It was a nowhere place. It was a rural community with one stoplight and no chain restaurants. It didn't even have a Denny's, man. It didn't have a Walmart. Maybe there's a few crack houses, but that's all there is in Nazareth. So let's start with the scripture, John 1, 43. The next day he, meaning Jesus, purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Okay, so there's, there's this group of friends, including Philip, Andrew, Peter, and Nathaniel. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, clearly he knows his Bible. He understands all the national stories from the past. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. We don't know what he was doing under this fig tree, whether he was studying the Bible, whether he was playing on his Game Boy. We don't know, but Jesus reveals that he had prophetic knowledge of Nathanael being there. Verse 49 says, Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There's a lot there, but today I want to give you some hope. Nathaniel initially said he didn't think anything good could come from Nazareth because of its reputation. As we look at the text today, I want to give you three reasons to rejoice no matter what has happened. Number one, Jesus is looking for people to do good to. Remember in verse 43, Jesus found Philip. 
And Jesus said to him, follow me. Right now, Jesus is looking for people. Now, Jesus is omniscient. That means he knows all things. So he knows where they physically are, like Nathaniel, but he's looking to befriend them. Even during COVID, Jesus is looking for people, and he will use even this tough year to draw them to himself. When people come to the, to the end of the rope, you guys know this, when they undergo trauma or they run out of money or we run out of workarounds when we've had a horrible year, one of the things that happens is either they harden their hearts toward God or they soften to him. They begin to wonder, is there anything else? Is there anything that I'm missing? Dr. James Dobson said this. I don't think he's the first one to say it, but he's the one I found who said it. The same boiling water that hardens the egg will soften the carrot. Now, people don't write on their shirt which one is happening to them. They don't write hardening toward the Lord or softening toward the Lord on their forehead so that we know about it. But it is happening for a percentage of our friends and family. So Jesus comes looking for you and he comes looking for me. Why? Because he wants to be with you and he wants to be with them. He wants to do good to you and he wants to do good to them. Jesus is looking for people to be good to. And he comes even looking for cynics. Think about this. Who are the people in your life you'd like to see Jesus do good to? What would it mean if they had the favor of God on their life in a tangible way that everybody could tell? Do you know anyone who you're thinking, man, I'll tell you what, if they could just let go of their insecurities or quit pushing in the wrong direction or get healed from that horrible family background or overcome some of the generational voices that have convinced them that they can't or become a more genuinely loving person, or a person who's finally able to be at peace with themselves. Jesus does all that. Do you know anyone that could use a little bit of Jesus? Do you know anyone that you'd be like, man, if Jesus would just do a radical work in their life, well, do you know that that's what Jesus does? And notice this, after Jesus found Philip, Philip suggested to Nathaniel that he should meet Jesus as well. It was in verse 45. Check this out. Check out the progression here. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. A lot of finding going on around here. Now here's the secret. Here's, how, here's the thing we need to remember. Found people find people. And it's because they go looking. Found people find people. Because they go looking. What does it take to help people find their way to Jesus? Remember this. Before someone trusts Christ, they trust a Christian. Now, it doesn't take a perfect friend. It doesn't take a has-all-the-answers friend. It doesn't take like a morally mind-blowing friend. But it does take an actual friend. Before someone trusts Christ... They trust a Christian. I mean, this is how it was with all these guys. They're all talking to one another. You got Nathaniel, you got Philip, and you got Andrew. All these guys are friends. That's why they trust one another with this testimony about Jesus. Philip doesn't argue with Nathaniel. He just gently offers a challenge like you and I could do so easily in so many relationships. He doesn't have all the answers. He just says, oh, hi, come and see. Just check it out. Okay, so when I was a young Christian, I was so excited to tell people about Jesus. I felt like I had this great big piece of chocolate cake that I wanted to share with everybody. But for some reason, when I would explain some of the things that God was revealing to me, it's like they didn't want a bite of the cake. They couldn't see the cake as cake because they'd not discovered it for themselves. It was just some information that some Yahoo was trying to push on them. 
there's a danger to giving people too many answers before they're ready. It's only when people do a chunk of the discovering on their own that they really own it as theirs. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, Nathaniel's initial response could be off-putting. Remember verse 46, he says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't know, but if I'm Philip right there, I'm probably like, uh, gosh, okay, then I won't bring it up. But Philip said to him, come and see. One of the reasons that Jesus says Nathaniel has no guile is that he clearly has an open mind that is willing to reconsider, even though he's already written it off. This is really important. Many of us get so discouraged because somebody had an initial reaction to our faith in Christ, but we don't count on Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. We don't count on Jesus to keep giving people an open mind despite what they've already said. You've done this, haven't you? You said something really kind of loud and brash, and then you like rethought about it. And you're like, oh, maybe I was totally wrong about that. Well, people do that all the time, and Jesus gives people the grace to do that. Philip didn't just tell Nathaniel about Jesus. Once Nathaniel had reconsidered, he offered to go with him to meet Jesus. And when he did... He found that Jesus was already looking for him. So here's something that you and I could do, whether you're watching online or you're at the house church or you're watching on your own at some point in the future. Maybe it's not even Christmas time where you are right now, but invite somebody to either attend your house church with you or send them the link for Christmas Eve services for Fierce. That's at fierce.church slash Christmas. We made it kind of easy for you to remember what that URL is. Maybe it's someone in your Zoom work group. Or maybe it's somebody uh, that you ride along next to on the ellipticals. Maybe it's a person that you only see uh, where you go to the craft store or to the grocery store. Maybe it's your finance person. Maybe it's your anybody. Maybe it's your divorce lawyer. Maybe it's an old friend that you haven't talked to in a while. But here's what we know. A percentage of them will be freshly open to the idea if you ask them about it after you send them the link. They'll be open to like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll reconsider that you know, that going with them thing. Now, if you're watching it some future date, just remember, it doesn't have to be about Christmas. You can do this whenever you want to. Okay, now in the chat, is there anyone in your life right now that might be open to attending a fierce service, either virtually or physically? And if it's awkward to share their real name, just share a code name that you make up for them. What would stand in the way of you inviting them to Christmas Eve or another service this year? Jesus was there when you thought no one was. Verse 48, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael knows exactly what he's talking about. Jesus has the capacity for knowing things that is more than human. What are we saying? Jesus knows Nathanael before Nathanael knows him. Jesus knows us before we know him. Jesus knows our friends and family before they know him. Jesus isn't just aware of the fact that Nathaniel was under the tree or even which tree it was. He says, I saw you. He's omniscient. That means he knows all things actual and all things possible. He knows everything about you, everything about those you love. Jesus knows all about our past and it doesn't stop him from wanting to be with us. We have to remember that everybody has a story and Jesus knows that story. And Jesus wants to reveal to him that he knows them in unique ways that nobody else does. This can be really powerful, man. You know, there's a difference between knowing facts about somebody and someone seeing us. My wife knows that I know all kinds of facts about her and I could talk for hours about all those facts. But she also knows what it feels like when I look across the room 
or across the table and, and look at her with an affection and a love that is uniquely ours. And there's no way she can really tell you about that. She can't make you feel that I see her. Okay, and that's about as close as you get to where the magic happens. I'm just telling you. But this is what Jesus says. He says, I saw you when no one else saw you. Jesus sees us and he sees those in our lives who don't know him. And he says, hey, I was with you when you didn't know I was. I was never not there. He was, there's never a point where he didn't have his eye on you. Maybe this Christmas you feel alone. You feel insignificant. You feel passed over. And you feel like, man, I ain't getting God's attention. Hey, he sees you. He knows. And he cares. Some of you feel like you've been in Nazareth your whole life. Maybe you feel like a middle child. I'm a middle child. I know what that's like. Maybe your family didn't love you. Well, maybe you've always felt like you had a smarter, older brother or cuter sister. And you just always felt like, I don't matter. I'm insignificant. Who am I? I'm not important. Hey, listen to me now. You are not forgotten. I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, you are not alone. You are not insignificant. And even during COVID, Jesus saw us. Jesus has been with us. Even during a COVID Christmas, Jesus is looking for people still and wants to use this dark year to bring them to himself. Okay, so this is a little bit more personal story, but when I came to know Christ, the story that I was told was that, hey man, you know, if initially we were with God in the garden, but then because of our sin, we had to be separated from us. Essentially, not only did he, you know, remove us from the garden and from his presence, but then he essentially in some ways abandoned the world or left the world or left us behind. And that was such a hard thing for me to think about because I was like, well, God is like the perfect parent. And I would ask him, I would say, God, how could you leave us like that? Like, what, what was that? How, I would, even as sinful as I am, I, I don't think I could ever leave my kid behind no matter what they did wrong. How can that be that you would do that? And honestly, he didn't answer my question for like 15 years. So this was a long-standing question that didn't really bug me, but it bugged me a little bit. And one day I was asking him again, and he just kind of hushed my heart. And he said, just because you don't see me with your eyes doesn't mean I'm not there. And just because you didn't see me in the past with your eyes doesn't mean I wasn't there. God essentially was telling me, I see in ways that you don't even see. Just because your eyes aren't getting everything that is there doesn't mean I wasn't with you. What was he telling me? He was saying, I've always been with you. I never left you. I never abandoned you. Quit trusting your senses. Part of this is about walking by faith and not by sight. He was reassuring me that he was there. And for some of us, we need to ask Jesus, where were you when this thing happened? Not in a defiant way, not in an accusatory way, but in a way that invites relationship for Jesus to give you his perspective. You think that he won't interact with you on those kinds of things? He will. Just stay persistent. But we have to remember, even as we're doing that, that helps us. But this whole thing isn't just about us. For Philip, what was it about? It was about Nathaniel. For us, it's about the next person. There's room for one more. There's something about 
experiencing something that was hard that qualifies us to minister to people with that same difficulty. You ever notice that people who are most compassionate with someone's past struggles are often people who also had past struggles? Aren't alcoholics who are in recovery the ones who sponsor people who are trying to get out of that addiction? Aren't those who suffered abuse uh, and survived through it, aren't they the ones who go back and help people walk through abuse? When you've experienced pain in your past, you're able to help people with that particular kind of pain at least very often. And I really believe that we underestimate that there are unique opportunities that God gives us to help people who are a little weird, a little quirky like us. I mean, probably most of you have felt this at some point. You're like, I feel weird. Well, maybe there's a special brand of weird that your weird ministers to. A lot of what we think makes us weird is exactly what could open the door to talk to somebody with our same weirdness or our same struggle or our same sin or the same past. And we went, when we have the courage to step toward those people, when we have the courage to share our struggles, admitting our own, and instead of running away in fear of being exposed, when we have the courage to share that, it goes a long way toward helping people feel like Jesus sees them, and he sent someone like them to communicate to them, to be with them, to encourage them. Okay, so again in the chat, is there an area of life where you've been truthfully hurt or disappointed that might be an open door to share with someone else's pain? To the degree that you're comfortable, go ahead and share that in the chat or with the room. Okay, finally, this ought to make you rejoice. Number three, Jesus has good plans for our future. What did verse 51 say? It said, You will see the heavens open up and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Check it out. You will see greater things than these. Oh, I wish somebody would shout right there in their living room or at the library if they're watching this online with earbuds. I wish someone would put in the chat that high five thing that's not really a high five. It's really, um, I'm going to pray or the shouty praise emoji. Whichever one you want to do, please do something because Jesus is telling us, hey, I've got good plans for your future. Now, as Jesus is talking to them, he's talking to them about this Bible story, Jacob's Ladder, that they would be very familiar with because they're good students of the Bible. Some of you may be familiar with this, but this was way back in the day. Uh, their ancestor, Jacob, who was a guy who was kind of running from God a lot of the time, he has this vision. And God shows him this ladder that goes into heaven, and there's angels going up and down on it. And what it really was, it was a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus is letting them and us know that vision was about him. He is the ladder to heaven. He is the way that mankind is forgiven for their sin and enter into a relationship with God and ultimately go to heaven. Now, once again, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't explain everything. He kind of just keeps it plain and vague. He doesn't reveal everything all at once. And he says, guys, you haven't seen anything yet. This is barely anything compared to what you're going to see through me and then as I work through you. Greg Surratt, he's a pastor of Seacoast Church, he said this. He said, the best way to be at peace with the past and to be engaged with the present is to trust that you have a good future. The best way to be at peace with the past and to be engaged with the present is to trust that you have a good future. 
That's so healthy, yo. That's so healthy. Here's the deal. You have to believe that you have a good future, that there is hope. That is what Christmas is about. God has a plan for your future. God has a good plan for your future. And this is where the devil comes in with the question, can anything good really come out of this? Can anything good come out of you? Can anything good come out of this situation? Here's, here's the answer. Do we shout back at the devil? Devil, God brings his best stuff out of Nazareth. He brings his best stuff out of Nazareth. He brings glory out of my disappointment. And my Jesus said, you will see greater things than this. Jesus says, it gets better than me just knowing things about you. He wants you to go with him to change the world. God has good plans for your future and for their future, for your friends and family, for those you love, for those, for your coworkers. If we will invite those we love, not having all the answers, to meet the Jesus that we are coming to know. Jesus is looking for people to be good to and to be good through. Let's say that you have a friend and they know that they could do much good to your future, but then they shrug it off. There's like, ah, I don't really care about that opportunity. I don't care if anything goes good for them. How would you feel about that friend? You might start to debate whether or not they're your friend at all because they have the power to do your future much good, but then they don't do it much good. What if, because of your invitation, even one of your family members changes their story at Christmas. What if instead of telling the stories of their own traditions, they took that story and they included it in the larger story of what God has done for them in Christ? What if their entire outlook and their entire hope and their entire purpose and their entire posture changed because you said, come and see? Now, Jesus closes this encounter by essentially saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. You'll see greater things than these. You've only seen a very small demonstration of my power. Here's the deal. Jesus promises that one of the characteristics of those who walk with God is they know His power. That is our inheritance as His sons and daughters. In his prophetic allegory, The Vision, Rick Joyner writes of an encounter between an angel and a human that is part of the army of the Lord. Listen to what he says. It's, it's very telling. We have witnessed many wonders. This is the angel talking to the human. We've w witnessed many wonders since the creation. But the voluntary suffering of men for the Lord and for their fellow men is the greatest wonder of all. We too must fight and even suffer at times, but we dwell where there's such light and glory that it's very easy to do this. When we see men and women choose to suffer for a hope they can only dimly see in their hearts, it causes even the greatest angels to bow their knee and gladly serve the heirs of salvation. We marvel at the dedication of you who dwell with so little encouragement in a place of such darkness and evil. Do you hear what he says? Now, I know that it's not the Bible, but it's still uh, a good representation. He says, part of being on earth is that you have this significant darkness around you that keeps you from seeing God's glory, but it will not always be so. Paul echoes this idea in 1 Corinthians 2.9. What did he say? He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. So you ain't seen Nothing yet. 
And when you and I are welcomed through the gates of heaven, I imagine one of the first things that someone will say as they greet you at the gate is, you ain't seen nothing yet. Do you want to share that with somebody? I want to close today's message by asking you to prayer a pray with me. God has seen me. God knows me. I ain't seen nothing yet. Let's say that together. God has seen me. God knows me. I ain't seen nothing yet. I want you to repeat this throughout the Christmas season. God has seen me. God knows me. I ain't seen nothing yet. On the dark days, God has seen me. God knows me. I ain't seen nothing yet. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are so good to come looking for us. Thank you for revealing who you are to us. Thank you that you're so much more than human. Thank you that you are omniscient. Thank you that you know everything about us and you are always there even in the tough times. God, we lift up this season. Would you help us to remember that you have seen us, that you are with us, and that the best really is yet to come. We ain't seen nothing yet. I want to ask finally that you use us this holiday season? Would you use us to reach people? Would you use us to be an extension of your grace, inviting people to just come and see? Thank you that you never give up pursuing us or pursuing them. We ain't seen nothing yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe? Share it with your friends. Click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.